of Box Sisters, hosted by Jessica C., Jessica Denise, and Linda. This podcast is an intersectional discussion on all things sex, life, and everything in between. As always, we're talking from our lived experience. If these topics bring anything up for you, we encourage you to talk to a professional. Happy listening! Welcome back, everyone. Since Pleasure was our first ever podcast episode, it definitely went a little longer than we anticipated. We decided to divide the podcast into two episodes, so here's part two of our discussion about Pleasure. Enjoy! I'm very pleased when I eat sandwich. <laughs> uh, but when it comes, I think, in relation to sex, um, and then just kind of thinking back to, you know, like, experiences and all of that, there's just so much more... Um, that goes into it than just like my clitoris and stimulation. Like there's like a a need for comfort first, mm-hmm. right? Like a need to be able to feel safe with the other person. And mm-hmm. without getting into because this is not meant to be like let me talk about all of my sexual experience type of podcast. <laughs> but like without getting into like you know details of, of partners and all of this thing, all of these things. Um, historically, when I think about like when have I felt the most pleasure it's been with people that have made me feel safe it's been with people that have made me feel like I like don't have to be ashamed of my body Mm -hmm. that I don't have to be ashamed of um the things that I like the things that I don't like being able to like communicate those things um and so I just feel like that when I'm also thinking of that in terms of timeline like that did not happen until later right like all of like my younger years um aside from the fact that obviously we were already trying to face or interact with all of the things that were talked to Mm -hmm. about pleasure um like it took years of me kind of like processing that and what other people told me about pleasure or didn't tell me about pleasure Mm -hmm. and then having to you know have that communication and have that, you know, comfortability with somebody else to be able to even achieve that. And it's like, damn, it's so complicated mm-hmm. for us to be able to get to a point where we're able to talk about, like, pleasure with a partner. And yet I don't see that. And I want to keep in mind that this isn't also just, like, a platform to bash men. You know, like, I'm, I'm yeah. mindful of that. I, I definitely don't want that to be the case. But it's just crazy that. I feel like men don't have to do all of those, like, mind gymnastics. Yeah. Right? Can we make a distinction between bashing men and speaking about the ills of patriarchy? Yes. Because ultimately that that is what we're speaking against. And we Mm -hmm. might use the language of men or talk about white men because in society they hold the most power yes um and i think that it's important to create that distinction so we don't have to be like well not all men right right because because right whiteness and patriarchy are constructs yes of upholding power for those who hold those identities Mm -hmm. and so because of those constructs and and you know some people, men, <laughs> are conditioned to value their pleasure in a way that women are not. Women yes. are often, because of this, you know, this construct of power yes. that, that lives within patriarchy, women are taught 
not to focus on pleasure. Right. And so I just wanted to yeah. to say like we're not going to bash men. That's yes. not what it is, but it is speaking to that there is a patriarchal system that's in place that needs to be, you know, critiqued and yeah. criticized yeah. and you know, that's just a yeah. Well, and, and the other thing I think that should be noted is that patriarchy hurts men, maybe not just as much as women, but it hurts men too, right? right? Yeah. Like, especially like young boys when they grow up and yeah. their understandings of themselves, their feelings, their bodies, their emotions, yeah. it hurts them too, right? So yeah. patriarchy is, is the sort of all-encompassing binary, going back to the binary again, mm-hmm. that sort of says this should be this and that should be that. Yeah. And there's no other way. From the age of like two or three, little boys are taught to to not cry and to, you know, to man up and not be Mm -hmm. sad. And so, you know, I, I think that this conversation is an episode in itself, but also. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, men often, you know, people socialize male are allowed a few expressions. Mm-hmm. Stoicism. Mm-hmm. Anger. Yep. Right. Lust. Mm-hmm. Sometimes joy. Mm-hmm. But kind of just like that stoic contentment. Yep. Right, right, right. And so, you know, there are variations of that, but those are kind of like the most acceptable expressions mm-hmm. that men are, are conditioned to express freely, the most freely. And so... That plus power dynamics of patriarchy mean that these power dynamics of men valuing their pleasure are going to impact women in a way that we have to be able to talk about, you know, like if men are, if it's okay for men to lust, it almost, because of the binary, creates a dichotomy where women are actually not allowed to. Yeah. Well, and also that we need to be the objects of that lust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That we are the ornament or the sort of flower, yeah. as it has it, right? Because <laughs> that's also used a lot in Christianity, your right. flower, right? Mm-hmm. So we are the flower that attracts the bee, yeah. right? But again, it, there's even in that flower attracting the bee, there's this idea of this passive, that's female. But the, but the flower can't be happy about it. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, and that the female, yeah. the, 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 it's passive, right? That right. we are receiving right. it. Right. Yeah. But, and, and that we have to wait for it. Mm-hmm. That we yeah. are. You know, it's sort of like I was thinking about this when, when Jessica was talking earlier about Christianity and pleasure and stuff. Is like this idea that Eve was the one who was like, well, look at this sexy apple or more probably historically accurate pomegranate. Right. And it's like food and, and that is associated with like fertility and pleasure and all of these things. And that she is the one who is the downfall of man. She is the temptress who gives the pomegranate or the apple and brings, you know, the end of, of, of pleasure and, and the exit from this beautiful garden of Eden. And, you know, then after that, you know, it's, but again, it's, it's, it's the woman who, who fucked it all up and you're like, wait, hold on. Like, and, and then I think the other thing in terms of talking about experiencing pleasure, I think there's also this idea in Christianity, especially, or at least my experience in Christianity that like, you're meant to feel not, you are not allowed to feel pleasure, period, mm-hmm. right? Like believing in God or or being Christian or being holy or whatever is about um, 
sacrifice. It's about, uh, you know, stopping yourself from doing things. It's about repression. Um, and obviously that's my experience of Christianity. I'm sure there's people who may or may not listen to this, which will say, actually, it's the total opposite for me. And that's awesome. But even if you think about the start of the United States from the white people, right? Puritans started this shit. Puritans wore like very plain, bland clothes. And the only way that you could be close to Christ, according to the Puritans, was if you worked really hard and then you died. And that was it. There was no color. There was no vibrancy. There was no celebrations. It was just hard work. And I just think that that's so ingrained in our culture still, right? Like that we, it's not okay to experience pleasure, sexual or otherwise, because that is not part of our culture. Yeah. And, you know, and some, you know, some sex of Christianity have this idea that, you know, it's just to, you just have sex to make babies. Mm -hmm. So if you experience pleasure... You know what does it even mean? Right? Like, yeah. Like, hey, you you really you really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, and but specifically, the woman shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of the movie The Last Duel. Have you ever have y'all mm-hmm. seen that? No. I was like, eh, but it ended up I think being pretty good. But um, oh yeah, that it just recently came. Yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 The woman ends up um, being sexually assaulted, and she ends up getting pregnant. Who knows by whom? Was it her husband? Was it the person who sexually assaulted her? We don't really know, but there were these ideas by people in the church that if she was getting pregnant, it was because she experienced pleasure. You can only you can only you can only get pregnant if you're if you if you enjoyed it. Yeah, because wasn't there a senator, it was like 10 years ago or something, that that. said, this was when Linda and I were working at the clinic in San Ysidro. Which background, we used to do sex education with teens, and that was fun within itself, but I remember it was like a a bill, no? Or like something related to, like, they wanted to pass the, you can't terminate? Because you... That means that if you got pregnant, that you had, that it, you experienced pleasure. Right. And if you experienced pleasure, then why are you trying to terminate? Right. Or, or, or like you so got, there yeah, was something senator, there, yeah, so yeah, there yeah. was a senator that said, basically yes. that the body has yes. a way, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the senator <laughs> said that the body has a way of deciding if the pregnancy will be viable or not. Because, and that's why sexual assault doesn't result in pregnancy. Like, keeping in mind that this guy is, like, an old white dude, and I don't really remember what state he represented, Again, but... patterns. Yeah, pattern, <laughs> right? Pattern alert. Um, and so he, he basically said, like, well, the body has a way of, like, distinguishing whether or not this is, like, a child born, of, like, a conceived of love or not. Yeah. And that, like, yeah, the female yeah. body will reject the sperm. Right. Or yes, something. there we go. And, like, this guy's not a doctor. Your memory he sounds way is, better like, than mine. dumb as hell. Like, right. whatever. He's so ignorant. Yeah, that's, that's that's bad. That's a that's a not it's not great. Great. <laughs> it's also not accurate. Right. Um oh my interesting. Gosh. Yeah. Well in the in the duel, I think the premise was like the husband was gonna fight the man. It was the last duel ever in France, right? In like the I don't know, 
middle yeah, ages. Yeah, the last, like, sanctioned one that yeah. was, like, yeah. And they were fighting for her honor, essentially. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Interesting. I mean, yeah, kind of. And uh, the actress, jo- is it Jodie Cromer? She's fantastic mm-hmm. and did a really great job. But one of the things that she was even challenging her husband, because if he lost, that means that she gets killed. And, and and so she's like, are you are you really doing this for me? Because, mm. you know, she was also pregnant at the time. Right, 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 right. She's like, so who, are you really doing that? Like, mm. who are you really doing this for? To For you to somehow look good and come out on top? Or is it actually for my honor? Right. Um, and I just, you know, it's like, ooh, things got a little spicy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah. You know, when you're, who, who are you really, who are you really fighting for? Mm-hmm. Um, it's wounded masculinity. Yeah. Right? I mean, I have a friend whose wife cheated on him. And it, to me, when I, in having conversations with him, felt like, his masculinity was wounded more than anything else yeah. from his wife cheating on him. And there's and it, there's so much shame around that, too, yeah. of, like, cheating. Anyway, really yeah. interesting. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, like, for, for me, um, the way I experience pleasure that isn't sexual is, like, a warm pair of socks right out of the dryer. Girl. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, like, that didn't, I did not expect... For you to take else? it there? Yeah. No, not in a bad way. But now I'm like, damn, plus some socks in my dryer. There's just something like, because I, I have really cold feet, and so like putting on really warm socks is just like the fucking yeah, best. Very functional. Dude. Yeah, very. Or <laughs> like when Penelope, my cat, like lays on top of me when I'm not feeling good, or even just like whenever, and she just starts purring, I'm just like, dude, this is like, the life is great. It's like the simple pleasures, yeah, you know, yeah. like that. But that sound of her purring is like so soothing to me. And then I'm also like, I love smell, like good smells, obviously. Yeah. I love to smell. I love to Everything smell. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just go walk up to you and smell you. Um, yeah, I love like I came to we're recording at Linda's house and I came with like Palo Santo and like spray and whatever because I'm all about like the scent probably also too like I grew up in a household where my mom was like everything that smells is terrible and it's gonna make me throw up so I'm like I'm gonna smell all the time all these really funny floral smells or whatever so yeah and then like I'm just thinking about like the five senses and then food I think food categorically for the three of us I was gonna say did we mention that we are all Taurus yes all Taurus and Jessica what does being a Taurus mean in this context I mean just like the delight of pleasure and feeling into the senses is just like kind of part and parcel and it's just like an enjoyment of food and like the sensuality of it you know not just like engorging but like feeling it in your body uh I think it's a beautiful thing quite frankly because for me I mean food, food is a big thing I love and I'm, I've always been a very sensual person. So like the, the smell of it. And then like when you put that bite in your mouth and you feel the textures and you feel all the different layers of flavor that come out, you know, it's the first bite and then as it sits on your tongue and then the aftertaste, like 
I love all of that. Experience. So it's wow. just like a whole. Yeah. <laughs> I think I need to slow down when I'm here. <laughs> you might need to. <laughs> you might be. Damn. That I love watching the sunset over the ocean mm. is a very like just like such so much pleasure just mm. in my body. I always thank the sun for lighting the day, and <laughs> and I, I just I, I love that I love going to the ocean. And there's a, this collective pause yeah. when you're at the ocean where everyone stops, right. yeah. all the surfers stop, people who are driving by they stop, and then they wait for this moment, and you're all together, and this is this communal um, experience, and I just like love it every single time. I love it every single time. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Another thing for me is like a new bar of soap. Ooh, I still use oh, bar soap on one of those people. Shit. But like break, like busting it out of the box and using it for the first time, I don't know why, but there is just not yeah. anything like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice thing. That is a nice thing. Yeah. I feel like I'm like that with like tangibles too. So obviously in addition to like our obsession with food, um, anytime I like literally like new toothbrush like new toothpaste like mm. you know like just these things that like sense wise like i know that a new toothbrush is just gonna like just like taste and feel like very differently you mm. know and i always thought like yeah that's really weird maybe i shouldn't say that out loud but now i'm saying it very much out loud until people that do not know me so <laughs> since we've crossed that bridge um <laughs> yeah like just little things like that right where i feel like it's it's so satisfying to the senses and it sounds like it's so simple but you know, like genuinely can start off your day so much more mm-hmm. differently and just better. Mm-hmm. I also find um, when I was little, like when I was falling asleep, my mom used to play with my hair, like just kind of run her her fingers through my hair and sort of like massage my scalp. Mm-hmm. And I realized like how much touch is important to me, yeah. self-soothing. Mm-hmm. And that's something like mm-hmm. so both these amazing humans know that I, last year was really, really tough for me. I went through a divorce, losing my job, getting COVID, my sister almost dying from COVID. It was a, it was a really tough year. Needless to say. And so when I was talking to my therapist, she said, what you need to work on is self-soothing. And I was like, what? Like, no, like I already do that. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, just the things that like, whatever touch or whatever it is that you need to, to like really ground down and be more present in your body. And I realized that like, I was talking to my therapist about this, like literally last week is like, I touch my hair a lot. So I'm sure folks yeah. are listening. Like yeah, yeah. there are certain things you do inadvertently, especially when you get like maybe more stressed out or you're feeling the feels that you, you kind of go to. And so for me, it's, it's like running my fingers through my hair or I have like a spot on my chest, which is also like an acupressure point that I like rub when I'm starting to feel like overwhelmed or, or whatever. And it just, it just, I always kind of just go back to that and it helps you kind of go back into your body. So touch yeah, is a really big deal too. Um, so I'm curious what pleasure looks like for your bodies. And we kind of already talked about that, yeah. but like, you know, I think there's this idea when we talk about sexual right that white perfect female bodies are the only ones that are entitled to having pleasure Mm -hmm. and giving pleasure and receiving pleasure and that if you don't fit in that perfect box then you are not deserving of it 
And so I'm just curious, like, what you all think about that. You know, I always have lots of thoughts about it. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think for me, ultimately, you know, as a, I, I'm a black woman, I'm fat, I've had a lot of experiences and a lot of work to really like learn to love my body and just even having the experience that my body is worthy of pleasure yes you know like that's been something that I've had to cultivate within myself the belief within myself that actually Yes, this fat body is very, right. very worthy. Yeah. Um, and it isn't. It isn't easy when this this body is often seen either as a threat mm-hmm. um, because of my skin color or, you know, my size or those things. But to me, it's just, it's like, no, actually, I'm, I'm worth it. And right. How will I really be able to survive like all of the things that come with like systemic oppression and, you know, without being related to my body in a, in a positive way. Yeah. If no one else is going to love my body for damn sure I will. (laughs) Yes. And so I've, I've learned how important it is to, to cultivate pleasure, to feel, to feel it in my body. And I do like erotic dance and you know other movement practices and I just like there's just something about being being in my body like even when last year I randomly gained 30 pounds and was like WTF mm-hmm. you know I was I mean, randomly or pandemic <laughs> no it was literally like no nothing changed oh, like wow, wow, wow. yeah I mean like kind of why I, I realized later it was because of some shame that I was holding on yeah. to, but at the time I didn't rec- I didn't know that was right. what it was. Yeah, yeah. And so once I was able to move through that, like I kind of just dropped ten pounds within like a few. Like it was just like wild. I'm just like, okay, yeah. Hello, emotions and body, right. and yeah. how just like Cupid and Psyche, they are. You know, <laughs> all of the all yeah. of the things are connected. Yes, all of them are connected. But so even when I had gained all the weight. I'm like, that doesn't make this body any less worthy. Right. Yes. And it never did, but I didn't have anyone to tell me that. Yeah. yeah. You know, my my parents, I loved them, but they didn't they didn't know how to deal with the issues I was having because they weren't the issues that they right. went right. through. Right. And I think parents nowadays have a lot more resources. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean you can go on, on like to like parenting TikTok and get however <laughs> many yeah. like ideas and there's so many more books there's podcasts now and the things that our parents had was just based off survival yeah they were literally doing what they could and not everyone did their best I don't I don't believe that some people say like oh they were doing their best like no actually (laughs) sometimes they were actually really selfish or didn't care about what my best was because they were focusing on theirs you know like I just don't think that that's always um, something that's true I agree but they did what they knew to survive. Yeah. And I think that that's a truer thing that yeah. Yeah. in whatever way, however that plays out, whether it plays out in a positive way or a way that caused harm. Yeah. Um, 
So just being able to like honor that they can't couldn't give me what they didn't have. Right. Yeah. Um, and now like what it looks like for me to cultivate, yeah. you know, some of this stuff, what I missed from them within myself, yeah. um, has been a really important part of owning my body, loving my body, learning mm-hmm. to cultivate joy and pleasure and delight. Yeah. I feel like I relate to that so much when you talk about just like the influence that obviously like our parents have and I know a lot of these topics but for pleasure specifically I um I so I my and I <laughs> I'm just thinking oh I hope I don't get <laughs> stared, <laughs> stared at weirdly for this one when my parents inevitably end up hearing this because they are very supportive of yeah you know a lot of things that I do but um so I guess I apologize to them before I like share their yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but they were so my parents were teen parents, right? So they had me when they were sixteen and seventeen, and so my association with pretty much anything sex is like you don't have it, right? Mm. Like you don't have it, you don't do it unless you want to get pregnant, and even then, the getting pregnant like whole situation is just very taboo mm-hmm. because it happens after a certain age, after certain conditions, like, you know, you're married. Again, we grew up in a very Christian household Mm -hmm. and obviously their, you know, conceiving me within itself was a lot Mm -hmm. and it it Mm -hmm. still is a lot, right? Because they are now encountering just all of these things that they have to undo in other people's eyes, right? Of like, Mm -hmm. we were teen parents, but we also, you know, did this, raised this. Mm -hmm. It's, It's really complicated, but I think that in relation to myself, it's just my experience or my relationship with pleasure has always been one of like, now it's um, of, of things that I still need to learn and still need to kind of process and still need to um, really accept mm-hmm. because for the longest time it was a non-entity like it wasn't a thing right like right. you weren't allowed to even think about it because you weren't supposed to do the thing that created pleasure mm-hmm. like that was not a thing and then when I did start doing the thing right <laughs> then there's there's guilt there mm-hmm. is like all of these things are like, right, shame, there yeah. is, I'm not supposed to, but yet it kind of feels like I should, but I don't, you know, quote unquote, like need to be doing this because I'm not procreating, you know, like mm. there's just so, I, I just remember being, feeling like I was in a very tumultuous like time in my life when those um, relationships happened that did have intercourse involved because I just, did not feel good about it right like I felt like I was doing something I wasn't supposed to and that I was feeling things I wasn't supposed to and so I think it's just taken me a really long time to come to a space of like okay like that happened at this time and you felt this because you know of all of these things that you are learning or you know being kind of taught to you as you're growing up in a Mexican Christian you know very traditional Hispanic household Mm -hmm. um and so I just feel like even to this day, you know, there's so much that I'm so kind of learning about myself in the way that I experience pleasure because for a long time, I just, all I knew was I shouldn't be feeling it, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. I, what's interesting about what you're talking about, like shouldn't be feeling it or whatever. I came up with this idea and I don't know if it was being Christian, like raised Christian or whatever, but that I didn't deserve pleasure until I looked a certain way. Ooh. Right. So like, I thought that like, 
if my boobs are too small, because I'm very small chested, um, <laughs> that I wouldn't be desirable, right? And so my pleasure was so linked into how other people perceived me mm -hmm. that it took me a really long time to actually get like physically intimate with someone. And I was so self-conscious about everything. And I remember the first time I had sex, I said to the guy afterwards, don't worry, I'm going to get my boobs done. And he went, oh, good. Oh, no. You know what I mean? And See, so I, I, and this is the thing, right? Like, I intentionally found someone who was going to say that to me and continue to reiterate yeah. that discourse in my head. And so it took me a really long time. And even now, I'm self-conscious, like, oh, my God, my, my belly's too poochy. Or is he looking at just my stomach? Or is he looking at me? And like, you know, like all of these things, I get inside my head and that prevents me from being able to experience pleasure because I'm so in my head yeah. and so worried that my body doesn't deserve to experience this, that sometimes, you know, it, I just can't get there. I can't get to the big O, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think orgasm in itself is that complete and total release of control. And so for me, again, race, Christian, whatever, there's a sense of like the only thing that you can control is your body, right? And your mind. And, and, and that's how I was raised, right? And so like if I can prevent myself, which also is like a huge other discussion we should have at some point, but like somehow if I don't dress a certain way, then I won't get sexually assaulted or I won't send the wrong message. Mm, yeah, right? definitely another Right? We'll definitely talk about that. And then also, but at the same time, you need to be sexy and I don't know about you all, but when I was going to high school, Paris Hilton was like a really big deal mm. and like girls gone wild and this idea that like your sexuality was your power and where I do agree with that, but it was sexuality of a certain type and of a certain kind and of a certain body mm. and it was all in service to cis males pleasure, right? Like it wasn't like you would... I just remember seeing all these images and thinking like, oh, well, like, you know, I have to wear lingerie and I have to be sexy and I have to have, you know, big boobs and my face has to look a certain way and I have to be wearing makeup all the time. And again, it was all in service to someone else's pleasure. So I, for the longest time, gave away my pleasure to some, to that man, that person or whatever, and then would find people in my sexual encounters who would well, one person, because the rest of them were pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but in those sexual encounters, who would sort of, like, reiterate the shit that I tell myself. Um, and so that, I think, is is really interesting thing to think about. And, Linda, you were saying earlier about, like, just sort of, like, that you need to feel safe, that you need to feel right. comfortable, right? And I think I was so focused on, like, getting the person and yeah. the chase and all that. Mm -hmm. That when it when it all came down to it, it wasn't about feeling comfortable with that person. It was about power for me, yeah. right? Like, look at the hottest dude that I'm hooking up with, and everybody was looking at him, and I fucking got him. And then, and it's all about ego, right? And there comes in the ego, and the ego gets in the way of pleasure. And there's, I mean, like, I'm for those of you that are into astral astrology, I'm an Aquarius moon, and Aquarius moon people tend to be really in their head and think a lot. And, like, to the point where it's, like, obsessive thinking. And so my obsessive thinking gets in the way of my pleasure sometimes. But I have to say, so, like, I know that my body is mm. capable of it as long right. as I let my body feel pleasure. 
And I not just let, but just let go into that pleasure. Stop thinking about, and I hope this is heard by people who are can really relate to my story, that like that you will get that beautiful release and that beautiful feeling. But the first thing you have to do is just let go and know that you deserve pleasure so much. And I feel like that's such a good, like, I don't want to say like end point to this, but I feel like it's just coming to such a, like a natural close of like, I think we said all of that and shared, you know, like our experiences, our, our, our thoughts, our relationship with pleasure to say many things. But one of the things is like, you're worthy of mm. pleasure. You deserve to feel pleasure. You, you know, as we all are, like do, do whatever work you feel like you need to do in relation yeah. to it. You know, whether it's to process things you learn from your parents, from your religion, from other people, you know, from books. I don't know. I feel like all of those things obviously made such a big impact on who we are in relation to pleasure, what we think about pleasure, but ultimately, mm-hmm. right, the message is like, you're worthy of it. You deserve it. You absolutely, you know, man or woman, or Trans, if you don't identify with, yeah. right, right, right. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, you're worthy of pleasure. Mm-hmm. You deserve to feel pleasure and, you know, there's a lot of work that you might need to do or undo in relation to it. But ultimately, like, we definitely hope that that's something that you're able to find and achieve and we're rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Pleasure is our birthright. Yes. True. That's a good way to end. It's something that we have to sometimes choose to come back to. Yes. But it is our birthright and it never was not that. Yeah. Even if... It was squashed down because of conditioning, even yeah. if our, you know, sexuality was, was taken in ways um, that, you know, where we didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we come back to it because it is our birthright. And that means we unravel those things that are contrary to it. Well, on that note. Yeah. So um, if you're interested in other readings or kind of t- talking or learning more about pleasure, I know I kind of mentioned one. Um, so the first one I recommend is Come As You Are by Dr. Emily Nagowski. You can get it on Amazon, whatever place that you purchase your books. library. Yeah, the local library. Yeah, library. Or request it at your library. That's a great way to support yep. authors. Yes. yes. <laughs> Although I would not recommend highlighting in a public library. <laughs> um, Please don't put in your notes. <laughs> Please do not put your notes in there because other people do not want to know your business. Um, and then there's also a, a series on Netflix called Sex Explained, um, which is really interesting. It talks about orgasm and pleasure and all of the sort of different things. It also like normalizes different types of sex, right? Nice. So I think we get this idea in our culture, especially like that the only sex that's acceptable is uh, heterosex, penetrative vaginal sex. And so this, this series, uh, Sex Explained on Netflix, is really good because it also talks about your psychology, right? Like, why do I get turned on when my partner like ties me up or whatever? Right. Like, so, really good. And then I also mentioned Aristotle's Politics, so if anyone's interested in that, um, those are the three recommendations that I have um, and that helped me with this. 
Yes. Great. So thanks, everybody. We look forward to many more discussions, lots of really loud laughter. And yeah, <laughs> please join us again in our next um, next installment of the podcast. Thank you. Thanks.